The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods. He's Tracy Pearson. And joined today by UCLA men's basketball coach Mick Cronin. It's calling you Michael Cronin on here, but we know. We know the truth. Very formal. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> we can't. It's throwing me. I got to tell you. Did you ever think about going by Walt? No, no Walter in there? Uh, yeah, that was never really in the equation. Um, I wouldn't care. Um, you know, just don't call me when it's uh, time to pay your bills and I'm okay. You call me <laughs> so whatever we, you want. Just don't, don't call me for money. <laughs> so we can call you Walt. That would be okay. It's fine with me. That would be a first. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called um, worse. All you yeah. got to do is go, go play at Arizona. <laughs> um, we probably, probably won't touch that. We should move on. Move yeah. on. It's okay. <laughs> So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, haven't spoken to you in a while. So many things have happened. Uh, that little jaunt across the big old pond, for one thing. And then probably what we first want to talk about, because it's so exciting for all the fans, um, is the arrival of two international signees, uh, Adai Mara and Berke Bayoktunsel. Pretty good, right? Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. We'll, we'll okay, let's it, all but, try you know. it. Berke by Intunchal. No, 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 no. Biotunjal. Okay. Okay. There you go. There wow. you go, Dave. Okay. You go. No, I, I talked to him. I know. Dave's yes. got the beard, so he can do that better. <laughs> he does have a little bit of a Turkish beard going on. He does. So, um, how has that been with them arriving on campus? How? Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Had you ever seen them? been with them in person before um a die yes a die more than once um you know mm -hmm. i'd been to spain and then he was with us uh came to visit us uh you know when we were in madrid uh Berke, a lot of facetime so much facetime that uh between evo nate and i uh, you know i think i facetime him more than anybody in the history of our lives so <laughs> Um, but it was good to see him. I mean, they've only been here a few days. Um, so all I can give you really is the highlight of walking with them uh, past Acosta during lunchtime where all the, all the Olympic sports, soccer, and volleyball, everybody seemed to be in there eating lunch. Or, uh, and I noticed uh, all of a sudden a bunch of student athletes jump and run up to the window like – like they couldn't because they were all looking at a die. Obviously, you know it's not every day a guy seven foot three walks down, you know, walks right by the window. And it was funny to just look up at uh, some of the some of the student athletes and uh, you know, drop drop their uh, drop their lunch and the way they were looking at him, it was it was pretty comical. He's we, a legit seven three, right? Legit. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Well, when we were at dinner. We were at dinner and Kenneth Nuba, uh, w when we got up 
before we sat down and then when we got up to leave, Kenny kept walking away. And I knew, I said, Kenny, where are you going? And he's smiling. He goes, I feel too small standing next to him. I feel too <laughs> wow. I've never felt so small. I said, welcome to my world, man. And we were laughing. <laughs> With a guy that big, like, where do you, I mean, where, where's he going to sleep? Like, what kind of, what kind of mattress situation <laughs> do they have in the dorms for him? Well, he's not new to this. So, you know, he and his family, you know, they're here getting him all moved in. Um, that's the, you know, Doug Erickson's all things domestic. So bed extension, double beds. I mean, he, obviously he's been, he's been seven, three for a few years now. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a part, part of it dies normal, you know, this stuff that he deals with. So, uh, that, that, that's, uh, that, that, that is of the 8 million things that I have to do since they invented NIL, uh, Bed extensions do not fall under my personal category. <laughs> That's a Doug Erickson special. That's pretty amazing because I know you uh, you get into details about a lot of things. So that's a little surprising you're not doing the beds too, Mick. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you got you got to let some things go, Trace. You got you, you know you, you have to let some things go. With uh, I mean, with those two finally arriving on campus, you now have. The, I mean, the roster for this year is now, you know, fully, fully at UCLA. What a, it's been a long process putting this together. Uh, we all know, yeah. but what's, what's the feeling right now, just knowing that they're all here and they, they'll all be available to start practice uh, later this month. Well, that's, it's exciting, you know, uh, getting used to the quarter system is uh, something still, uh, uh, interesting because I, I I went to school as a student on quarters at Cincinnati. I coached at Cincinnati on quarters, and then we transitioned. Um, so I'm I'm not a fan of the quarter system. Uh, so for many many reasons. So uh, we we cannot start in, uh, uh, fall workouts quarter schools parentheses rule till September 15th. So, uh, but we need the other guys all needed a break. You know, summer is pretty intense when you have all the extra practices. Uh, Spain was, was fun. Uh, but the practices I used as like a spring football, mm -hmm. uh, training camp, so to speak, um, to get some concepts in and to try to build some, uh, some team unity and, and really to figure out, uh, what I kind of already knew, uh, that we got a lot of work to do. Because young players don't know how to play defense, and they they struggle to defend for more than seven or eight seconds in a possession, and that tends to get exploited in college basketball, uh, as well as FIBA basketball, as you saw this morning, as we gave up 113 to Germany uh, in a 40 minute game. So you, you know, in you have to uh, you have to be able to defend. So I learned that we got a lot of work to do in that area, uh, but I kind of knew that young teams. Uh, you have to that that'll be our biggest big, biggest challenge. I know everybody else probably well. Who's going to score? We we're, we got talent. We'll be able to figure that out. Who we're going to play through the most? I think Adem's going to be all American, but uh, being able to defend at a championship level you know, it is what you, what you have to do to win championships. So uh, that I learned in, uh, in, uh, in our time, but you, we definitely need a break right now. Some of the guys uh, on that, taking advantage of that. Uh, I think Lazarus sent a picture from he's in the, he's jumping in the ocean in Greece somewhere, uh, <laughs> you know, a dem visited his mother. So it's good to fresh. You got to freshen these guys up because it's a long season. Once, once we start uh, full speed. Talk a little bit about uh, uh, Lazar Stavanovic. Um, came in as the transfer from Utah. Uh, from what we could see, we didn't get to watch those games in Spain, but um, it looked like he was uh, doing everything for you, including like sweeping the floors from what I heard during timeouts. Uh, talk a little bit about his game, whether he surprised you a little, he's everything you thought he would be. Uh, combination of his skills and his athleticism what was your takeaway with him from Spain uh he hasn't surprised me uh with his ability because you know in scouting him he had a great game against us his freshman year and you know watching the Pac-12 nonstop uh through scouting and playing against him you know I knew he had offensive ability 
uh, and he was way more than a shooter. He's a guy that's really probably better off the dribble, uh, and he's a sneaky athlete, and he's got great size. What you don't know, though, Tracy, until you get a guy is, uh, and this is the crapshoot with recruiting, uh, is does he have winning DNA, and does he do winning things? And these are all things you hear coaches talk about, uh, and these are the and these are the most important things. You know, who, who talks on defense? Not only can he defend his position and get in the right spot, he can make other guys' life easier by helping them be in the right spot. The, the value on that uh, in the world of coaching uh, is priceless. And it doesn't show up in stat sheets. And that's why, like, people say, well, why does he, you know, whatever. It could be me. It could be, you know, Chip Kelly. Uh, you, you just don't know. But they say, well, why, why does this coach play player X? Why does he keep playing him? He's not – his stats aren't great. He's not the best shooter. Well, he – you can't win without him because your defense will fall apart if he's not on the floor. Um, and – the other guys need what he brings to the table. So he elevates your team. Uh, and that has been the, the, uh, the, the part of, that Lazarus brought to the table that we did not know. Because you don't know that unless you're in practice with him, unless you're the one – until you coach a guy, you don't know about his so-called intangibles. Uh, I call them the winning habits. You know, and so I say to you guys, there's two types of players, guys that help you win and guys that don't. And Bob Huggins taught me that a long time ago. And there's plenty of guys that can't help you win. They can score a lot, though. But they give up more, uh, and they break your team down, and they don't build your team up. So he's been a godsend for us. Uh, he's going to be a godsend for us. Uh, he'll score at times because he can. I think our style of play, playing a little bit faster than he maybe did at Utah, is going to help him. Uh, because he's not uh, a spot-to-spot player. He's a great slasher and a really good athlete. You, you mentioned earlier uh, Adem uh, and, you know, potentially being an All-American type player, and we all know about Adem's defensive contributions. Um, but he was telling me that he's uh, been working on his face-up jumper a little bit. Yes. Uh, how much of a role do you see that playing this year, especially with potentially him playing alongside a die at times? Well, just you know, anytime you're gonna have a big guy uh, that if he can only score on in the post, he's gonna be limited because you can always double team him if if he's if he's your best player. Uh, the other team can always double team that guy, then uh, you can always foul that guy. Uh, the expansion of becoming a, a serious offensive threat is he's got to be able to make the foul line jump shot. Uh, at a consistent clip. Uh, no, he's going to make every one, but being being able to knock down that 15-footer for him, uh, because he's so quick and being able to drive to the basket, that if you have to guard him at 15 feet, he's a problem. He becomes a real problem. And then you have, it, it, he becomes a 70% free throw shooter. So uh, we've spent months with him uh, because he's been healthy enough to do skill work. Just not to, bang, you know, we just, he hasn't been cleared for banging body to body contact um, where his arm could maybe get compromised in an unusual position. Um, so, but he's been full go with that for months. So, uh, and it, as we all know, Demson, you can just look at him and talk to him. You know, he's an unbelievably hard worker. So he has spent uh, countless hours in the gym uh, and he's just, it's a matter of him getting comfortable with that 15 foot shot getting comfortable at the free throw line and and you gain that confidence through repetition. You got to see the ball go in. It's hard to be confident if it never goes in. So, you know, mechanics that obviously a part of it uh, and then repetition, you know, you got, you got to make thousands of them. Uh, you got to take 10,000 of them to get, to get comfortable. So I think uh, that that's an evolution for him. I went through it with Kenyon Martin long, long time ago. I had a lot of hair back then. Uh, when when he became a guy that could make that 12 to 15 footer with his quickness, he was national player of the year at Cincinnati once that happened for him. Also, he was a guy who was trying to get fouled 
because he became a 65 to 70% free throw shooter. So now you're using your explosiveness and quickness to draw the foul, not to avoid the foul because you're confident at the foul line, uh, which it then was getting, he, he was improving vastly uh, uh, towards the end of the year at, you know, before the, you know, the broken nose, the mass didn't help. And then obviously the, the blown shoulder didn't help. Uh, you were talking a little bit, oh, you talked about how Stefanovic brought all those intangibles. Uh, from what we've heard reports, Sebastian Mack is is kind of, well, uh, you tell us, is he that kind of player too? Have you been impressed with the intangibles he brings also? Uh, I'm impressed with his quickness, his explosiveness. Other than that, he's a freshman. <laughs> uh, you know, freshmen tend to do things like uh, try to – if you miss a shot, try to steal the outlet pass instead of get back on defense. And they've never been taken out of games for doing things like that because you're 10 times the best player on your team. So uh, that's all normal stuff that uh, you have to build into, you know, there's things we like, we have a list of things that, that uh, we talk to our team about things that teams that win conference titles do and things that, teams do that finish at the bottom four and underachieve to uh still trying to steal outlet passes would be one of them by the way trace a foul night uh turn the ball over 90 feet from the basket and reach in and foul uh, these are all freshman habits i call them it's just common it, and it's it's uh it's been pretty consistent in my career that uh they've all been able to do things and get away with things uh at the high school level that uh, you can't do at our level. So, uh, but Sebastian's got tremendous quickness and toughness going to the basket. He can create offense. He just needs, he needs us to help polish him up. Just got to polish his game up and be able to defend for more than eight seconds of a shot clock. You know, he's not used to getting uh, screened twice in a possession, you know, by somebody six foot 10, which is going to happen uh, when, you know, when you play uh, teams like Marquette, and, you know, whoever you're going to play in Maui, uh, things like that. It's even going to happen when you play Lafayette early. You know, you got 22-year-old guys are going to put, the, you know, they're going to lay they're going to lay the wood to you, and he hasn't fought through screens yet. So none of that's his fault. Uh, it's just that that's the life of uh, coaching freshmen. Amari grew uh, through that last year, and by the end of the year, you guys saw how good he was. You're, uh, you've got – seven of those guys this year uh, freshmen <laughs> yeah. uh so two questions one how are you preparing to manage that stress and you already mentioned your hair where do you pull it out of now do you pull it out of the eyebrows yeah, it's just it, it yeah it just doesn't grow anymore um <laughs> you know you just you just decide if you're going to smoke a monte cristo or uh a bolivar and that, that's your you know that that's your decision on stress relief um you know, but that's why I have my puppy. So, you know, he's, he's my stress relief. So uh, I, I would tell you, you know, what something that I, I think is going to have to be a factor for us is depth because we're going to play some, some freshmen, some real minutes. And what I've learned is they can only handle so much. And what I mean by that is freshmen tend to get fatigued quicker. Uh, you know, it takes, it takes a guy a while to be able to play a whole game like Jaime Jaquez uh, and uh, maintain your ability to, to uh, not get, you know, not get beat on defense. So what happens with young guys, as soon as they get tired, they get beat defensively, they forget where to go, and they're soft with the ball. So the answer is, is we just can't play them when they're fatigued. So we're going to have to rotate those guys and keep them fresh uh, obviously, you know, your goal is to build up their toughness level. Like I alluded to, Amari did a great job of that. Adem uh, was an anomaly. You know, he he fouled was his issue early. Um, you know, Amari having to defend uh, at the college level, uh, it, it took him time. Uh, and, and that's why we were so, so much of a better team late in the year was he how he grew defensively. So uh, the answer, though, for us early is going to be to to probably – uh, keep keep them guys fresh and uh, not have to play somebody out there that's uh, you play a young guy that's tired uh, you got problems so for what first time in five years you'll be breaking in a new point guard you had tiger campbell 
who has yeah, he's I in mean, France. Yeah, he's as in much France. As we all want him back. He's he's about forty miles north of Paris. So I know I've I've we know you. The point guard is kind of an extension of you on the court. How is how is that going and developing an extension of you on the court uh, with Dylan Andrews and and possibly Jan Vide, maybe Sebastian Mack? Yeah. How how did that come along in in Spain? Well, it was good. You know, it's just things you learn um, as a coach. You can't just uh, to me. I mean, you can be just in my way or the highway, uh, meaning I'm going to be the same way. Uh, I can't coach Dylan Andrews a hundred percent the same way I coach Tiger Campbell. Um, it's just, you know, you have to, I, I Dylan Andrews is um, a much more conscientious person. And um, my, my, uh, my ire uh, could rattle him. So I have to handle him a little bit differently uh, where Tiger uh, was very mature uh, and you could deal with Tiger like you were coaching a pro Um where Dylan, I have to uh, be careful because uh, if I get on him too hard, uh, he he uh, takes it. Little, he he cares so much. He wants to please me so much. Um, where Tiger wasn't afraid to, you know, uh, every time I got upset, it didn't bother him. You know, he just knew that was me being me. So Dylan's not there yet with that. So I got to adjust. Um, you know, I know the things that Dylan's going to do that are um, going to bring us success. Uh, and, and I got to give him more confidence and belief. Same with, uh, and then, uh, you know, with the other guys, Jan, I know Dylan. So with uh, Jan Vide, uh, and, and he will play, probably play more points. Sebastian Mack at this point in his career doesn't have the mentality of a point guard. He's got the scoring mentality. Um, Jan Vide can get where he wants with the ball. Uh, he's played point his whole life. So I only had him a couple of weeks and then he got hurt in the middle of our second game in Spain. So uh, still got a lot to learn about how I need to coach him, how I can help him become a better player. And that's going to be the theme, Tracy, with, with our team this year, really. Um, sure, we have a, you know, our standard is our standard as far as uh, play as a team, be physical, compete, play to win. Um, but from a strategic standpoint and handling these guys day to day, uh, you got to be prepared to learn as you go as, a, as their coaching staff uh, and, and adjust accordingly. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Talking with uh, Burke last week, uh, something really struck me, which is that he said he first started hearing about UCLA in 2016, watching the NBA Finals and Kevin Love playing for the Cavaliers, I think, at the time. Uh, and he then went back and researched everything he could find about Kevin Love because he was so impressed with his outlet passing. 
Um, does he strike you as kind of a student of the game type, Burke, and just kind of your interactions with him so far? Yeah, the, here, here would be the difference. Burke of, of the guys, uh, you know, that so, yeah, so for our fans, so Alain Fablu and Jan Vide played at academies, which is rare. Uh, there's only a few. So he, Jan was at Real Madrid's academy. Elon Fablu was at INSEP, which is a government-run academy. So they're basically uh, the very few school-affiliated programs, uh, even though they're owned professionally. Um, so they played uh, predominantly with their age group. Uh, Adai has had to play against older guys, which limited his playing time. Uh, playing for Zaragoza in the ACB League, um, which is just a cut under the NBA. Uh, Berke, uh, playing it with Tofus, uh, his last two years playing on their pro team and playing minutes, uh, being a significant contributor. Uh, his, the reason he's probably ahead of these guys uh, with the things you talk about, what his knowledge of the game, physicality. If you watched him play uh, – at all in the 19 and unders this summer. Uh, he looked advanced versus the Team USA players. Uh, just his knowledge of how to move without the ball, his physicality was was right there with the USA guys. So uh, that's just that, that's a byproduct, one of his talent. Uh, but two, to get minutes at the level of basketball that he had to play at, uh, you have to be physical and you have to know what you're doing. And the game is just at a much higher level cerebrally uh, and physically uh, in, at that pro level that Burke was playing at, uh, more so than the other guys. Coach, um, looking at potential uh, lineups and rotations, uh, getting – You're in charge of that. You're in charge. Yeah, okay. I know. That's why I'm telling you right now. That's what I've been thinking about. Uh, you, could, <laughs> you could have 7-3 Adaimara. 610 Adem Bonus, 6869 Burke, 6'6, 6'7 Stefanovic, and then maybe 6'5 Jan Vide all on the court at the same time. That's that's a that's a very uh, large lineup out there. It gives you yeah. an option to go very, um, very big. Yes. So to your point, and did you got okay, you froze up on me for a second there. To yeah. your point. Um, the, the the bookster is trying to make his appearance here. In the, oh, we got to see him. The screen. Um, well, he wants me to throw his ball, so uh, he took off running because he he knows I'm going to throw it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, potentially you know you could play some very big lineups. Uh, I'm a believer that uh, zone to play an effective zone, you have to have size. To me, you know, having my experience in the Big East, one thing I learned, Coach Beheim's great teams, his goal is to be bigger than you at all five positions. And, that you you know, that length is the key to zone. Uh, so that's a possibility. Um, you know, again, uh, I go into this without any preconceived notions, other than I think Adem is going to be an All-American. <laughs> so, and I know Lazarus is a veteran player. And we're probably going to have to rotate and keep young guys fresh because my experience tells me uh, that as soon as they get tired, disaster will happen. And they get tired faster than the older guys. So keeping a dem out of foul trouble is going to be important. Um, but as far as strategy every and lineups, everything's on the table. Um, because as I said in my four years ago when I was fortunate enough to, to, for Dan Guerrero to uh, give me the call to come to UCLA, I spell fun W-I-N. And uh, I'm, you know, there's different types of coaches that, you know, we're going to play a certain way no matter what. Um, to me, I want to win no matter what. So if we have to make adjustments offensively, defensively, here you go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever we have to do. Uh, so if we have to play zone, if we have to play big, and if we have to press, you know, I do think we can press with this team because I th I'm a big believer in um, it's hard to it's hard to press with guys if it's not in their DNA. 
you know, if they don't want to pick up full court, it's really hard to make guys pick up full court. Um, and it has to be easy for them. Like running that has to be easy for them. Uh, speed and quickness has to be easy for them. It hasn't really been that way for us since I've been here. I think Dylan, Alon, uh, Lazar, uh, Sebastian, uh, Jan, those guys in particular, uh, Will McClendon, like those guys, we don't have any conscientious objectors that would rather just drop back and play half-court defense. We've had some of those. We faked pressing at times. <laughs> um, you know, I, Amari made our press better last year because it was his, his DNA to get up after you. So with him and Jalen Clark, uh, you know, it was hard for Tiger because he had to take two steps to year one. Uh, for most other Division One guys, he needed two to equal their one. So he, he, he could get tired. But I think pressing is on the table for sure. Got to score to press, though. Uh, but everything is really, Tracy, you, you know, lineup-wise, I know everybody wants to, you know, hear, but I really have no idea other than I know uh, I, I know a Dembona. <laughs> you know, other than that, we'll see. I like Dylan Andrews' chances of playing a lot. Um, but like I said, I think we're going to be a deeper team. And, um, you, you, you know, we haven't talked about Devin Williams, Kenny, Brandon Williams, you know, those guys all, I think the Spain was best for those guys because they got a lot of practice, a lot of attention from the coaching staff uh, and had to play uh, not just in the games, but they had to get a lot of the minutes in practice uh, without Burke, without a die, uh, with Adem obviously not being able to play in the contact. So, we're going to be a work in progress for sure. And, uh, you know, we got our work cut out for us. Let me ask one quick question. Just when you were talking about flexibility, adaptability, uh, I'd like you to maybe address uh, that element in recruiting. Uh, you made a, obviously a clear decision to go international, uh, what, a year and a half ago. Talk about what went into that decision. What were some of the factors that made you decide to do that? Um, at that time. Yeah. Well, I had been exploring that uh, at Cincinnati. Uh, my old assistant coach Davis and I, we tried to get uh big car. Uh, remember, uh, I can't say his name right, but Karnowski, big seven foot guy that went to play to Gonzaga. We came in second for him. We tried it. We came in second to Gonzaga for Kevin Pangos. And what I learned in trying to dabble in it, um, because Cincinnati's not an easy place to recruit to. So I was trying to figure out, you know, where could we get players because we're, you know, you're surrounded there. They're in the Big 12 now, but there you were, you were surrounded by a lot of the power leagues, and then you were in the American. So, um, it, it it was born years ago, um, and and when we got the job, you know, Coach Savino uh, and I, we knew we were going to bring on Rod Palmer, a long time relationship, and we looked at our roster and we knew that we had multiple returning players that we're going to be with us for two to three years. And uh, I, I've, you know, I'm a recruiter by nature. That's how I advanced in our business. So I thought we'd be able to get the recruiting done uh, and focus on uh, adding a great coach, which was Michael Lewis, um, which, you know, was out of West coast out of his recruiting element. But I figured uh, that he would have a chance with his, you know, being all-time assist leader at Indiana, getting a job. Um, and then we, if after these, we could win big. That he In two to three years, I thought he would definitely get a job. And then we, we would have to be re, in a reload uh, and then have to really look at hiring somebody from a recruiting standpoint. Um, so that was my chance. Mm. Um, so, you know, when Michael got the Ball State job, uh, Darren, you know, I, I, I talked to Darren and Rod and said, we're going to find uh, whoever the best guy we can find is. Uh, because what I had learned in the past and trying to recruit Europe is you have to have a commitment level to it and somebody that's totally dedicated to it on your staff. That every day they're talking to me and making sure that every day I'm talking to a couple of people in Europe if we're going to recruit Europe. Uh, it's what they do, but they all, you know, it's no different than you know, the, the guys I'm talking to, the coaches in Southern California on a, on a weekly basis, uh, whether it's AAU or high school. So it has to become part of your normal routine. And 
it worked out that way. You know, the plan came together. We went to the final four with Michael Lewis and uh, had a great run. And then we were able to bring Evo in. Now Yogi's in with us. Um, and we, we've been able to incorporate uh, the European guys. And you never know, Tyson. It, it's uh, who knows where this all goes uh, as far as the future. Obviously, Southern California is still our priority in recruiting. Um, but uh, as you and I have talked about, you would think that uh, UCLA being such a worldwide brand that we could have an upper hand uh, because of our location and the, and, and the brand of our school worldwide uh, in, in international recruiting. But you have to be committed to being able to, to stay involved in it. Some years you may get nobody. Uh, some years you could get one. Obviously, this year it really worked out for us. And then last one from me, but um, the the big change, obviously, domestic recruiting, NIL uh, in the last few <laughs> years. Uh, what I mean, just from like an, uh, uh, your inside of this perspective, but just to give people a snapshot, how much has it changed? Like just the process of initial contact of a guy, the whole recruiting throughout the process. Like what is what is the big change for you? Well, look, th- I mean, we can do a whole nother show on this. Uh, <laughs> But the, the, what's happened is – so there's, I get, there's three quick scenarios, okay? There's uh, the high school recruit that um, he either wants – he's either going to pick a school for the biggest NIL deal he can get or he's going to pick a school that he thinks is the best school to develop his academics, his basketball, his, as a person, and the best school for his future. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to figure out which, which one that, that guy is, um, cause you don't want to spend a bunch of time on a guy who's then going to end up just taking the most money he can get. We're not going to get that guy. We're not in that position. I know a lot of people struggle to believe that at UCLA, but Tracy knows that's a fact. Um, so that, that, that's the high school guy. So you gotta, you gotta figure that out. Um, and then the second piece of that becomes the transfer portal which everybody see we get it, it, you know, the what about the portal, you can get older, you can get older. Well, what's happened is uh, and, and the, and I just state things as fact. I'm not on here to, so that's why I don't want people saying, well, Cronin's complaining. I, I make too much money to complain. I'm not complaining. So I'm just answering your question. Here's the transfer portal guy. Okay. You have a player, player X, who's realized he's not going to play in the NBA and he's an upperclassman. And Awaits what awaits him in Europe uh, is second division. You're not good enough to play in the first division. They don't they don't play guys till they're 25 and up. All you got to do is watch this FIBA World Cup, okay, uh, and see how good these guys are. So, uh, which is why these guys came to us because they're not ready to play at the pro level in Europe um, at the highest level, and the teams aren't going to pay them that kind of money. So you're looking at, okay, do I do a COVID year, which is this is the end of that finally. Thank goodness. Uh, or do I go to Europe and start off at 75 to 140,000 in a place where I may not speak the language? Uh, the coach may never speak to me. Or do I go into the portal and go to the highest bidder? And some guys are getting five, $600,000. Okay, well, we can't play in that game. So those guys aren't at, aren't at UCLA. So, no, you cannot blame the player that's doing that because he has a chance to make that kind of money knowing the next year he's going to go to Europe and maybe make 80, maybe make 120, have to build his career up. It may or may not work building his career up in Europe. Uh, he could be looking for a job at 25 years old. So did you, so some of these older players in the portal are trying to maximize their earnings potential. So it basically becomes major league baseball, right? Free mm-hmm. agency. Yeah. Okay. You know, so it's not like Justin Verlander wanted to go to New York. It's pretty well established. He didn't want to go to New York. They traded him back. Ironically, they traded him back to Houston. But, you know, it's pretty well established. Freddie Freeman didn't want to leave Atlanta. You know, he left for money. He's, you know, it's obviously he's been great for the Dodgers and the Braves got Olsen and he's been unbelievable. So they're okay. But, you know, that's how it works, guys. I mean, so you got the high school recruit, you got the portal. Um, we were fortunate with Lazar. He wanted, he, he had different factors. Lazar wanted to win. He wants to play in the NCAA tournament. 
he was focused on improvement um, and getting as good as he can. And hopefully he can get it uh, when he's done. If he doesn't play in the NBA, he could play with partisan. Uh, he's got a flag of partisans, his home team in Belgrade, uh, flying all over his room. So, uh, you know, he had different priorities. So we were able to get, uh, you know, he had, we had what, uh, what Lazar was looking for. So uh, those are the, th- those are the main ones, you know, you got the high school guy, you got the portal guy, and then the international guy would be last, you know, the, and, and, or the high school guy that is willing to, to focus on stepping over pennies to pick up dollars, meaning a Dembona. Okay, where do I can get the best coaching, the best exposure? Because I have a chance to make twenty million a year in the NBA. Backups make fifteen million. You know, get backups getting sixty million four years guaranteed. So, so I'm not going to go to the highest NIL program. I'm going to try to pick the best program uh, for my future. So that's where it's all at. I just just described recruiting for you, uh, (laughs) and, and you know, in a nutshell. Uh, and and you can't and I'm not judging anybody uh, for uh, the teams that have the biggest budget, you know, uh, jealous of them. <laughs> you know, even if we did, I would still say uh, the goal would be to get guys that want to win and then want development uh, and want to improve and, and try to win the championship. Um, because somebody that just wants the biggest deal they can get, but doesn't care, doesn't have the character you need. Uh, is a wasted free agent signing anyway, uh, whether it's baseball, basketball, or football. How, just comparatively to let's just say five years ago in recruiting, how oh. how rare is it, let's say, to find that kind of recruit? High school or transfer, the kind of guy you're talking about who's looking for development, wants to win, um, or even the Adembona. <laughs> Uh, guys stepping over pennies to get to get to dollars. How rare now in recruiting are are those kind of guys? Because we know those are the kind of Mick Cronin guys that you're looking for, just comparatively to five years ago, let's say. Yeah, and then you you know, I made one mistake. I don't have my Mental Westwood T-shirt on. I should have had that on in this interview. Um, I'm all for trying to get these guys uh, as as much as they can get uh, within whatever Aaron Atkins tells me I'm allowed to do. Um, and, and I am allowed to wear that t-shirt. So, uh, our next interview, it'll be on, I think I'll wear it in every press conference this year. So, um, you know, so I'm all for two things. I think you, you you know, these guys getting what they should get is a whole nother argument. Um, because we all, I'm of the belief the revenue sports, the players should get paid. And I think it's coming. Um, where I think massive change in the next 10 years and the NCAA structure is coming, um, not to ruin everybody's day. But uh, also, I think you got to teach young people, it's not, you know, life's not all about money. It, it's easy to say that when you have it, but a fool and his money will soon part ways. So if you don't learn discipline, if you don't educate your mind, you're going to end up broke anyway. Um, so, and, and having character and being a winning player, if you want to be a professional, you will get weeded out if you can. If we go, go back to the original, there's two kind of players: guys that help their team win, guys that don't. So, if you don't become the guy that helps his team win, your potential that got you your contract or your opportunity uh, will become irrelevant at some point. So, um, what I tell our, our message is what that is the direct opposite of what too many kids hear in American basketball. Uh, they hear this is what you need. Don't listen to the coach too much. And our message is it's the exact same thing. What's good for our team is what is exactly what you need to become the player you can become. Uh, you want to, you, you need to shoot a high percentage. You need to learn shot selection. Okay. You can't be a defensive liability. Okay. You have to learn how to be a good teammate. You never speak to your teammates that will become an issue. Um, so, and some of that is offense. You, you know, you're, I tell guards, look, your ability to make open shots, not one foot runners, not floaters, not sidestep shots that all the workout guys have these guys take. Make two out of three open shots behind the line. If you can't do that, your career will end. Uh, that's just a fact. I saw two guys in Europe 
I'm not going to name their names. While we were there playing in the ACB league, because we went to a practice uh, and we played one of those teams, that the only reason they're not still in the NBA is they couldn't make wide open shots when the superstars got double teamed. So now they're over there making a million dollars instead of making eight million in the NBA. So some of it is scoring, uh, but we directly tell them what's good for the team and is good for you are not two different things. Okay. It's the same thing. So you have to have some maturity and also you want to recruit and have guys on your team that have people around them that understand that because that, then you don't have uh, things, you don't have things going in the opposite direction all the time. Uh, Cause sometimes you can't win that fight. Uh, so you, you, so I just want guys that are mature enough to know that the game there's a, as Bill Parcell said, Tracy, there's a scoreboard for a reason, you know, and, that, and the last time I checked, you're playing to win the game and people tend to pay guys that help their team win. Um, so that's what you're looking for. Uh, I think that's what the pros are looking for. And that's why Jaime Hawke is the 18th pick in the draft. Uh, just to finish this off, we've kept you a long time. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about the additions to your staff, uh, yeah, Nate, yeah. George, Nate Georgeston getting a little getting a little raise and promotion there, and then you brought in uh, Coach Yogi and Brenda Taylor. Talk a little bit about um, how yeah, what we'll, they bring we'll what go, they bring to your staff. Sure. We'll go from the back. BT Brendan Taylor is a local guy, uh, basketball family. His brother Bryce, his father is a great player, um, played in the NBA. So just a wonderful person, great role model for our players. He was a GA uh, at St. John's, uh, highly recommended from the people that we knew there, uh, people that in his past were the different places he played. Just a first-class guy, um, got a tremendous future in coaching. Um, you know, so we need, and as you know, it's it's uh, everybody listening. Cost of living here is expensive, so the fact that he's from here and he can survive at the lowest salary on our staff is a factor there. <laughs> um, you know, so but it's great to have him and and, and get another LA guy on our staff. Um, and then Yogi is uh, been a veteran guy who I know well because we we uh, had many battles. He worked for Larry Brown at SMU. Um, and he worked as Evo Simovich's assistant uh, at Red Star in Belgrade, uh, as well as when they were coaching in Madrid. So uh, just a great coach, extremely well-connected. Obviously, he's, uh, we call it the – you know, I take everything back to the movies. So, uh, you know, Robert De Niro, he's in the circle of, circle of trust. I'm trying to get this in the screen the right way. He's in the circle <laughs> of trust. You know how De Niro did that to Ben Stiller, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, that scared me then, and it's scaring me now a little of you doing it. Yeah, a little. But, but I'm not ex-CIA. So, uh, <laughs> although I do love my dog, like he loved, Robert De Niro loved his cat. So, um, Yogi's in the circle of trust and just a really experienced coach, uh, but very well connected and a great person. And uh, obviously, Nate Georgeson, uh is a it, it, to me is a rising star in the coaching ranks because he, he's got great coaching acumen. Uh, but he just reminds me of me at his age. You know, he's 24-7. And as I tell Rod and Darren, we're not getting any younger. As much as we think we haven't gotten older uh, and that we're still hip and we're still in touch with the kids, it slips a little every year. Uh, and I know when I make my movie references and and nobody on the team knows what the heck I'm talking about. Uh, and but Chris Smith did. That's why I miss him. He he, he was up on all his classic movies. So uh, you, you got to have some young blood, I believe, on your staff in, in the recruiting game. So, um, you know, Yogi and Nate uh, together are a lethal uh, combination with, inter- uh, with, with uh, tackling the international scene. Nate was uh, – Spent eight eight days or seven days in Serbia this summer at the at the World Championships, and he'll be heading to Europe here in a, in a week or so again. Uh, and Yogi's on you know Yogi's on it every day uh, from a connection standpoint. So uh, the NCAA made a good move in uh, in allowing a few more guys to be on the court because it only helps the kids get better coaching, which is what they need. So. Um... Also, Nate, I, I would think Nate kind of fills uh, another role in the fact that he's got a great head of hair. I mean, come on, that hair. 
Well, people right? were saying I was discriminating, um, you know, because what at Cincinnati we had the same issue. It was it was me, Darren, Antoine Jackson, Larry Davis. Then it came, then we you know they subbed out and Michael Lewis and Rod Palmer came in. So people said I was doing it on purpose, um, you know. But uh, I really don't focus on it because uh, you you know when you dress well and you know you age like fine wine. Uh, like I have, you just don't, you know, you don't worry about things like that. <laughs> That's a good way to end this. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at Dave. Dave almost lost it on Dave. Yeah. Dave, Dave did. Yeah. That was good. That was good. All right. Well, we could go for like an hour, we, we, but uh, right. we got to leave. We got to Just so you go. know, guys, it's aging like fine wine. I now, for the first time, I've given up and I'm sitting down to put my sh- socks and shoes on every morning. So I used to just, you know, you bend down, fire them up, but the back has gotten so tight that I've just given it, it I just, just sit down and do it every day. So you wait, know, when you, so, but, and then when you bend over to pick up anything, do you get that sound that, oh, that thing, because <laughs> no, that's part, of, that's part of my life right now. I, I, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I, I, I did notice, like, you, you know, how I was, I had probably just, just give up and sit down every time I go to put on the socks and shoes. So. I Sometimes it's just giving in, Mick. You got to give in. Yeah. You got to watch yeah. when you reach for anything in the back of your car. You can't just do it like you used to. You got to kind of move the whole body. You can't just grab it. Yeah. 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 You got you, you to gotta start practicing what I preach with my players. He's stretching. You got yeah. to do more, more, more stretching. So Stret, Stretching before you put on your shoes. You got to love it. <laughs> yeah. So then don't tear your Achilles when you first stand up out of the bed every day. So we've, te- we've really digressed here, but it's good to catch up with you. Guys. It is. Right. Good Thank to see you, you Mick. Really, really appreciate having you on and uh, good luck with the uh, rest of the summer. You got to check in soon, man. See ya. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.